Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And howdy, everybody, and welcome to Fight Club. Happy Tuesday. Good morning. Welcome to Fight Club. Good morning. morning. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by our guest, Ryan Kettering. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Super excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can you just give everyone a brief rundown of yourself and your business so we can get to know you a little bit? Yeah. Um, I am the owner of Prolific Brand Design, which is at getgetprolific.com. We have a small team. Uh, We help companies to understand and then realize the uh, potential in their brands. And we do a lot of vehicle wrap design, logo wrap design, and just design in general, but also strategy and helping people to really understand how to use these things to get real uh, significant change in their business. So um, so that's that's it pretty much. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like we align very well on the way marketing can really impact a business. So I'm excited to steal you for that section there, Ryan, but super excited to have you on Fight Club. Um, If anyone doesn't know who I am, my name is Taylor Maroney and I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. Um, My background is in marketing, as I briefly mentioned before, Um, worked in marketing companies for about six years. And there I found my passion for helping business owners understand how to read the numbers behind their marketing and make better decisions based upon that. So I was super excited to meet you in person, Ryan, um, back at ResponsaCon earlier this year, because you really have that same passion for business owners and helping them understand how marketing can really impact their business. So super excited to have you on the show. Really excited to talk to you and welcome to Fight Club, everyone. Awesome. Uh, my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own a traditional accounting company called Likes Accounting Company based out of California. And I co-own Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters with my husband, Jeff. And I'm very happy to have Ryan with us on Fight Club. I too got to meet him at ResponsaCon this year. And so welcome to Fight Club, Ryan. And I am Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars and Wise Coatings of Loudon. And I may or may not be a Ryan super fan because this might actually be on my desk right now because I love design. I'm a recovering designer of interiors and commercial architecture. So when I get to see people that are really into their art, I get really crazy. So I'm a super fan, Ryan. I'm super excited to see you. Um, And Pink Collars can outsource your customer service or your office management team. If you need help in that regard, that's what we can do. And I've got a super cool wise coding story later in the show that I want to share about Ryan and how he impacted our business already. Can't wait to talk to you. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. And lastly, I'm Martha Woodward. I uh, used to own a maid service. I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software which just is a piece that helps you create happier workplaces. So welcome, Ryan. And I just shared in the Quality Driven group this live. And what I said about you was that you were a genius 
around branding, but not just logos uh, and and the graphic side of it, but the um, oh gosh, I was able to type it out. Now it lost me, but basically the um, emotional component behind branding and how you appeal. So anyway, I lost for my words, but I got it down in writing. So uh, thank you. You guys take it away. Awesome. Well, I'm going to steal you first, Ryan. And I think Martha definitely hit it on the head. You do really have a way of appealing to the emotional selling point of how a brand can really help a company. Um, but what I first want to talk about before we kind of briefly touch on that aspect is making a decision to really either rebrand or start the full branding process of your company is super essential, number one, to a business. But it is a process. And I feel as though I've, I've had conversations with business owners. I even had one this morning with our Conquer group that I'm a part of. And making decisions like this for marketing and for your business is, is something business owners don't really know when or how or even where to get started with. So with your background and your experience in prolific prints and owning that business, what would be your recommendation for business owners on when to start this? Because it is very essential as we've talked about, but that initial kind of just let's do it decision, that five, four, three, two, one, I'm going to go for it is something people struggle with big time. So how do we get started with branding? What's your recommendation? Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, what we tell our customers when they're just not quite sure is the main thing is if you're thinking about it, if you're aware of it, you're probably, you know, close to, to needing to, to do that. And once you know, because some, sometimes we know where we, we need to do it, but we're not ready to do it. Exactly. And so people are like, well, when's the right time? Because I know I need to do it, but you know, it costs a lot of money. It might take a lot of time. There's a lot. Um, and we always just tell people, you know, there's no bad time to move in the right direction. And that's really with anything in life, right? But we tend to drag our feet because we we think that there's going to be a lot of pain attached to something. And generally speaking, it's always hyped up more in our head than it is in real life. Um, and it is a process. So I like to try to stress that to people, you know, Best Buy updated their logo probably almost 10 years ago at this point. And uh, I've never once seen a updated sign on the exterior of one of their buildings. Why those signs are probably 150 grand each. And I'm sure there's some sort of rollout plan there. Um, you remember how long it took McDonald's to reface all of their restaurants, probably three decades. Mm -hmm. So every company is different. You don't have to update everything overnight. Um, it's a lot less painful you can find something that works for you. So the, the real question is, is it like you said, is it is it time to do it? And then you have to make that commitment and then you can work with somebody you know, like us to, to help you navigate what's going to happen next. But it's not as painful as people think it's going to be. Um, it certainly can be. Um, it depends on how fast you want to roll everything out, right? But you don't have to do everything at once. Um, so, so yeah. But the, to answer your question, if you know the main thing when you're looking at your brand is if you find that you look feel irrelevant in the market, that you're having problems uh, in your company that directly tie into communication. Um, your brand is is a one lever deal that can change all communication throughout your business. And that that ties into communicating to employees, to communicating into the market with customers. Um, and so, you know, uh, if you find that you're having troubles like this, it's it, these are symptoms, you know, so, yeah. Absolutely. And I 
two things that you said I really love. Um, one was you stating that there is no bad time to move in the right direction. And I agree. You can really put this down into bite-sized pieces to be able to keep slowly moving in that right direction, right? And it's it's also the fact that you said it perfectly, your brand really does impact all four of these areas that we discuss on Fight Club on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. You're impacting not only your marketing, but you do impact your financials, which I know Megan will be able to talk about on a personal level on how her rebrand has been able to impact that. Michelle's already seen the system of how a brand can really impact hiring within the company. And Martha was nodding her head as you were saying, you know, brands do impact the people you work with and the people mm -hmm. that are your internal customers, which are your employees. And it's it's something that we tend to forget, right? We think a brand is just the marketing. You know, I'm just I'm putting putting a vehicle wrap on my truck or my my van. I'm, you know, adding a nice unison logo to all these things, but at the end of the day, it really does impact all four of these fields when done correctly. Mm -hmm. So when you sit down and you start to work with a company on their brand, I would love for you to kind of briefly talk about the emotion side that you do work with them on. Because I think that's where you and I really connected at Responsicon was you don't just talk about the colors and the um, you know, the types of logos and the fonts and things of that sort that can be done. You really talk about the emotional appeal behind the brand. So do you mind just kind of touching on that briefly and how yeah. that does play an impact to the business as well? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like really anything else, right? Like when a customer comes to us, um, they've maybe done some sort of research, just like when a customer comes to you guys in any one of your types of businesses. Um, and, you know, they, they, a good customer doesn't come in about the price, right? But then they tend to come in with some other things that may not be right either, right? And of course, the the lowest of the customers, and if we really haven't done our job as marketers and communicators and business owners, is they come in about the price, right? And really, they're not usually maybe about the price, it's that we haven't given them another narrative or uh, anything else to talk about. So they come in, well, what's your, what's your price? And if you've gotten them a little bit further, it's, it's stuff like you said, like, well, you know, uh, is this the right time for me? And how do I know it's going to be right? And what about what color should I do? And all these sort of surface level things. And that's where we take, and we get a lot of customers that come in based off of our vehicle wraps and we have to kind of back them up and say, listen, the brand that you have, you know, you had this bad experience over here and you want to put that onto a wrap, but you've tried that and you can see that you don't have the brand that needs to go there. And then they're like, okay, cool. Just give me a kick-ass brand let's roll you know and i'm like okay let's step back one more time here we don't know what to build for you if we don't know who you are and um and the problem with most brands that i see today is that you know basically they're built without authenticity and then because they're not generally uh, built professionally many times but also because of that lack of authenticity there's no clarity and so if i'm representing a brand that's not really me and i go out in the market that's going to get fuzzy over time because i'm not going to be pushing the same concepts and ideas and, and things uh over time i'm gonna i'm gonna go away from that so when we start with you know some of the big things is um we look for a um a single uh core belief for a company which then has the values underneath of that um we look for uh, we understand their personality um, and then understand the market. And so it's really, you know, we have, a, again, people are most times are like, give me what is going to sell. Give me what's going to make my make money. And I have to kind of step them back and say, listen, it's it, that's part of it. 
but it's also authentically being you. Because if I went to the first date with my wife and I acted like someone else, that can work for a time. But eventually that relationship's not going to work out because we, we both have to come to the table from an authentic, we have to fit authentically for that to make sense. And if you keep being somebody else in the market, it's not sustainable. So we need to build something that feels, uh, fits you and represents you properly and that your market can identify with. And when you can do that, you're going to have a, a nice longevity, you know, uh, a healthy longevity to your marketing and your communication outwardly. I don't know if I answered your question. No, that's beautiful. You did answer it perfectly because I believe um, one, I was going to interrupt you, but you're on a roll. So I didn't want to stop you. And one of the pieces that you had said is actually bringing to your, you know, your potential brand redesign company, whoever you're going to work with, actually bringing, thank you for whoever just posted that up there, the company core beliefs and making sure how it fits into the market, because this is essential. If we are as a business, we have our own core beliefs, we have our own kind of voice within our company, right? And if we can't have that actually transition to our brand, then you're absolutely correct. There is going to be a very large gap of authenticity between the brand and the company. We want to make sure that does have a cohesiveness to it and they can really live together in harmony to make sure that there is longevity to the brand and to the company, you know, voice throughout the entire market. So that is very essential. Making sure I think if there's anything that you guys can take from what Ryan just stated. It's understanding that your core beliefs very much play into your marketing. And this isn't something we've talked a lot about, but we need to, because if you've worked very hard on those core beliefs, you know who you are as a company and you know the type of value and service you want to bring to your clients. If that's not transitioned into your voice on the digital world as well as print, then you're missing a major gap there. And I think you said that perfectly is the authenticity between yourself as the business and your brand does need to be in line. And if it's not in line, then there's something that needs to be done to make sure that it is brought together as a cohesive kind of harmony for the rest of the business. So I um, absolutely agree with that. And I think um, one last piece I would ask just to kind of give everyone um, an understanding of what type of process this is to go through, right? On average, what type of length of time does it look like for a small business to rebrand? What's the mm -hmm. kind of timeline there for that? Yeah, um, I mean, for us, uh, usually about two to three months. Um, but, you know, it can vary depending on who you're using. Um, and uh, and as far as the total rollout, that could be really whatever you want it to be. You could change everything right away. Or let's just say you have 30 trucks uh, that you're trying to, you know, uh, update the lettering and wrap on. That could be one every six months or it could be all of them at once. So it just kind of depends on, you know, what's going to be right for them. But a couple months is good to plan for um, just to be safe. We don't, you know, the way that I, I want things done right, I don't, I'm much less um, care about how long things take because things take the time they take. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I help slow people down on the way in the door because, <laughs> you know, we all want the stuff to make, you know, to work, but it takes time. We're not, not everybody, you know, not everything in life is Amazon prime, right? Like you I have was to just thinking that <laughs> and, and, and we've been spoiled with many things, but you, it's a, it's not just a money investment. It's a time investment. And some people are caught off guard with that strategy call that we do with them it takes sometimes up to two hours that we're doing a strategy call with them to really give them and us clarity on their brand. That's an investment of their time. Right. So it's not just the money. Like we come together as a team to 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 really, you know, 
put together something that's going to be compelling in the market for them. Um, but yeah, and I wanted to mention real quick is that the core belief is the umbrella to the core value. So it's one core belief. And this is something, like you said, that it, to me, I think we really simplify this for people. There's, if you look online, you won't see many companies talking about a singular core belief, um, but that's what we help people find. And what that, the, the significance of that is that you see all these core values that are like, oh, integrity and honesty and da, da, da. The, the problem is that we've all just kind of picked those out of the sky as cool things that we might be important to us. But it's not something that we can go into a room and speak on passion about integrity. It's like, it felt like we would have to, you know, so we get to one thing that honestly, like the, the, here's how I know I'm on the one thing is when I ask you, okay, here's what you said, or here's what I've come up with. Is this the absolute most important thing to you in life? This idea, this belief, whatever. And when we can get there, that's something that now when somebody comes in a room to, to be hired by you, you can you can talk to them and say you know this is what we believe and here's how our you know things uh, are set up this way and so it gives this like battle cry to it all right you know what i mean so um so it's really simplifies it to to make it something that can be used and i think that's why people can't use their values many times is that they've just kind of picked them right they've gone through some exercise but it's not really really what they truly believe what they would die for and live for more importantly but that's beautiful i love how you kind of brought that funnel down to that one belief that they really can have the passion for and speak passionately about that in all areas of business. And I, I'm excited to see how the rest of the show goes because you do have a lot of passion behind what you speak about, Ryan, and you have so much wealth and knowledge to be able to break this down for our listeners. So I appreciate you taking time with me on the marketing side of things. I'm going to kind of hand you off to Megan so y'all can talk a little bit of finances. Thanks. Awesome. You guys got to reel me in because I I am a talker. So <laughs> oh, Tay was like, "Shut up, Ryan!" Like, no, you're good. <laughs> you're, great. you're perfectly on time, and that's why we have Michelle to give us the hook when you need to be ringed <laughs> in. She's our resident uh, timekeeper. No, you're doing great. So I I I usually talk about money, and I think we you've touched on it a little bit. I think we could absolutely talk about the investment of rebranding. Um, and maybe go further into the impact of that. Like what is a, an expected ROI? What's a, what's a normal ROI? Um, mm -hmm. we could, we could talk about that. We could talk about yeah. like how this affects pricing and perceived value within a company. I, I think that that was something that I did not really fully understand when I started my rebranding process. And I'm, I'm very mm -hmm. grateful for, um, or we could just talk about how this can actually make your your current marketing spend and ad spend more powerful. So I think yeah, a lot right. of our listeners are used to spending 10% on advertising or marketing, but they expect to spend it in like Google ads or, you know, um, traditional marketing avenues. And what I found is that when you have a strong brand, then it really does like accelerate your other marketing spend because you have this recognition and in your area um mm -hmm. yeah so let, let which which of those makes your heart sing the most well, I'll, 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 I'll tell a couple things that come to mind and then i'll let you t tell yes. me where to go um so first of all this is really interesting with perceived value what people don't realize is that all value is perceived value so have you ever done a job for somebody and you did the best job in life and you're feeling so great about it and then you come off of that job you get a client call and they're like i hate this you guys suck this is awful and you're like we did the best job ever you provided all the value, but the pre perception of that value wasn't there. So even the hard, actual, real things, I could sell the greatest product in life and the client could say, this sucks. All 
value is perceived value. So when you do this stuff like branding, that adding to the perceived value is adding to the real tangible value as well, because tangible value doesn't exist, right? All value is perceived value. The value of money is perceived, right? All value is perceived. So that this can directly add to the bottom line. And we tell people that many times, like, look, like if, you know, if this isn't in your budget, you know, let's talk, let's talk through that. And, and we'll, you know, some people aren't really there yet, right? They're not, you know, if you started up yesterday and you made the accident of spending every dime you had on your equipment, um, you know, you might need to recoup some of that back. But um, well, a lot of people are understanding now that it's not all about that. Go ahead. Yeah, let's pause there for a second, because I think that that's something I haven't really thought about. So we rebranded. Uh, we are still rebranding. We're in the process of rebranding over the past uh, year ish. Uh, it is slow. Um, and I'm kind of grateful that I waited. So we waited till 14 years in business because I don't know if we knew what our one core belief was. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we knew what we wanted our image to be. I don't know if we knew like who we were and what we stood for. And we've kind of played with our service offerings and we've played with our image and we've played with our culture. And, and so I feel like part of me thinks that this rebranding is kind of us presenting or representing to our clients, our grown up image. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that the grown up part is really key. Um, I, I am very embarrassed of our old branding because it was me, dorky accountant, who did all of the original branding. And when I look at it now, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe we drove around like that for 14 years. But that's part of the process. It's part of the story. Right. So I think that's really important. If you're a listener and you're brand new, like you absolutely need a brand. You need you need to stand for something. But it might take a couple of years to really dive into what your one core belief is. Do you agree with that, Ryan? Like, yeah, it's like a, almost like like a business IQ or like a maturity. And I think you know we all want to think we're always like, you know, the you know, I don't know. Like, I when I was sixteen, like I probably thought I was smarter than I am now, right? We always think we're a little bit more mature in life than we um, maybe actually are, but. Um, you know, some people I that come in, like, I know for a fact that they are not there and we help them get to something that will still make them money. Right. Like, mm -hmm. but maybe it's not, they're not going to get the full, um, you know, maybe they're not going to settle on their actual core belief. And I might even tell them that like, Hey, listen, this, here's, where we're going to get to, especially younger people. They haven't really experienced life enough to reflect that back and understanding their internal um self-identity as much right your self-identity i don't believe changes but the world allows you to understand that a little bit better um so yeah there's some maturity stuff there um but some people do come into a new business with that level of maturity and enough under, you know uh, thank god you know not spending all of their money on the equipment like every you know everyone tends to do um well, so it's, it's really an in individual thing you know it, yeah. it, I, I think you're right, though, that the average would be that, yeah, you know, we're not doing work for people that haven't been in business for, you know, at least usually three, four or five years, you know. Well, and you but, bring up an interesting point. Maybe it's not maturity in terms of time and business, because there are people who are absolutely accelerating and doing in one year what took me 10, you know, that, that mm -hmm. is, that's very real and happening. But maybe it's clarity of their offering, clarity of who they are as a company and what they're, what they're bringing to the market. Um, I think that mm -hmm. clarification process is what took me so long. Um, fa mm -hmm. Fascinating. Okay. So let's talk about ROI a little bit. What, what are some mm -hmm. trends that you've seen? It, it's, you know, I think branding's hard because you're, yes, you can have, um, oh my gosh, it's early. My words, 
what's it called when you have a special tracking number on the side of a van? You can you can like track the metrics. Yeah, you you know you can track the metrics of the van, but you're not really going to track the metrics of what, how yeah. this like mascot's playing versus this mascot, or this font's playing versus that font, or these colors are making somebody feel versus those colors. Like that's a little bit more of the warm and fuzzies, and a, a little harder to measure, which I think is another reason it took me a while to make that investment. Right? I was like, yeah. how am I going to know if it worked? Like show yeah, me the I, money like how is that gonna so tell walk us through when you have clients that come to you that are a little most bit people like are, there's gonna be a lot of people that disagree with this but um i don't track i don't track marketing you have to be careful in how you track your marketing results um i do track marketing um but i don't track all the marketing that some people would and like when people want to put a number on the side of their van um, or when, you know, you have to be really careful with attributing, um, you know, last touch attribution to, you know, where, where a customer came from, uh, uh you know, something like a wrap is going to be seen thousands of times before met, most people, um, are doing something with that. And then what do they do? They go to your website and they say, oh, you know, where'd you, and you say, well, where'd you find me? Oh, I found you on online. Um, or they happen to see that their friend also liked your Facebook. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, I have some friends that are on your Facebook and that's like five steps removed from how they found you. But, um, you know, so you have to be careful with that. Um, it's, it's really about, you know, I think people get stuck in like what's going to perform the best instead of doing what they ought to do. Like, this is why like black hat SEO and all this stuff, like stop shortcutting and do what ought to be done to accomplish your goals. Right. And if you keep moving in the right direction, good things will happen. Um, but you know, as far as like, what, what is it, what is it, uh, what, what does it mean to me financially? Um, you know, uh, it's, it's the one lever that I'm aware of, maybe not the one, but it's one of the main levers in, in a business that I'm aware of that you can pull that one lever, the brand lever, and all things in your business can be improved, uh, to an extent, um, and some of them dramatically. Um, and so it just depends on the rest of the health of the business as well, because if we give somebody a great brand, just like if we, if somebody did a great marketing piece, but their people don't answer the phone or, um, you know, all these other things. And that's a really extreme example. But, you know, if you put out a brand that's really not in line with you and then you act a different way, you know, these things aren't all uh, coming together. Um, we try to help people build what I call a fractal brand. That's why we get to those simple things like one core belief, starting with the singular um, you know, the logo then stemming out into a full brand visual system, starting from one place, all great communication has literally one idea. The Bible is one idea. It's a big book, but it's just one idea. So every great piece of communication comes to a point of one idea. And that's what our brand is. Our brand is a form of communication and we need it to start from one place and then branch out. And if we can do that, it makes things simpler, but all the other things we then have to evaluate. Well, okay. My core belief is um, you know, being a great servant, but how do I, uh, but now what happens when I answer the phone and we're being, a, are we serving people here? We're doing this, you know, and this is where Chick-fil-A, um, you know, that's their core belief is around being a great servant to people. And that's why their drink fountains are behind the counter instead of in front. It's the only fast food restaurant where the drink station is behind. Why? Because they don't want to sell. We didn't want to teach people how to do self-service, right? People already know how to self-serve, right? We're all naturally self-serving so they want to teach people here's how you be of service to people right and and so it's 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 over time continuing to show people what who we are more and more and more not just talking about it not just putting in words um and not just having the ideas but actually having it come out into the market in action and and so that's how it can actually compound over time where 
um, as you continue to be more of you, um, you will then get more results. So I think you can get that initial pop um, of more work that because we've raised a perceived value, maybe, you know, raise your price and stuff like that. We've seen companies that, you know, will double their business overnight. Um, other companies we've seen that takes them years to get to the same place, um, you know, and I think it's just because it's it's the, it's the stuff then beneath the surface. Does it match the rest? Right. And um, it can be different for every company. But I think we tr have a good formula to try to help get people on the right track to the, the, the sooner timeline than than most. That, so that's really interesting because I, I'd imagine it makes the sales process a little bit harder for you. And because there are people like me who are like, I want to know what my ROI is going to be. And I want to know what's going to be at, at quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, at the end of year one, at the end of year 10, mm -hmm. like, what is this going to bring back to me? And I, I realized, and this is true, I think, and I think it's interesting what you said. I think that's true for most marketing. It's very hard to get a true ROI from mm -hmm. most marketing. Um, advertising, a little bit different, but marketing, I feel like it's like you said, it's just harder to get that attribution correct. And I'm a data nerd. Like if I can't trust it, then I and can't rely on it. Then I don't want to, I don't want to use that as a real number. I'm like, eh, it's probably wrong. It's skewed. Something's weird there. Yeah. Right. So I had to just get over that when I started to do my rebrand, I was like, this actually isn't about that. This is about me. I, I called it a little bit of a vanity play, but me really wanting to to represent myself as the company that I knew I was and I knew mm, my old exactly. brand wasn't. And, and I like how you said it does play through in everything. It plays through in our culture. It plays through in our training. It plays through in our recruiting. It plays through in our average tickets. It plays through in our community presence. Like that, that branding, that stronger brand, that more mature brand now has elevated pretty much my entire company. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's a sense of pride and ownership around that brand. So I, I think that that I didn't realize I couldn't have articulated that before we started talking. But <laughs> it, it may be if you're a listener out there that you just have to let go of knowing exactly how this is going to play out and have faith that you're you are going to get your ROI. And you are going to see significant sales increases and you are going to see average tickets go up and you are like, our, our new brand is very happy looking. Um, small <laughs> shout out. Thank you to Dan. And Charlie, he's the one that did it at Kickcharge. And he's a, he's a happy guy, right? And I feel like our company is happier now. Like we just mm -hmm. kind of want to look like that little caricature. And and that's how we're presenting ourselves. So um, yeah, fascinating. Okay. <laughs> do you want to hit on um, anything else related to, you mentioned investment of time. I feel like that's something mm -hmm. that might be worth it. Um I like how you're articulating. This is not just an investment of time in in spending money on the rebrand. This is an investment of time on like soul searching, right? Like yeah. figuring out who you are as a brand, who you are as a company. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do a pretty in-depth strategy call that I've not seen anywhere in, in this space at all. Um, uh, it's worth more than the whole package. And, and to help, you know, to help, you know, we we do have, although you don't have all the numbers, like we were talking about of the um, the money, you know, we are lucky to have customers that are, have big ideas. And um, I, I tell, if somebody's on the fence, I'll tell them, look, if this isn't worth a hundred grand to you, don't do it. Um, we're not charging a hundred thousand, but if it's not worth a hundred, don't do it. 
because there, there's no even exchange of value in the world. If, 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 if I have $5 and you have $5 and I want to sell you my $5 bill for $5, would you buy it? Probably not. We just keep our money and go our separate ways. But if I had a $100 bill and I sold you that for $5, you'd buy it, right? Why? Because there's a value exchange there, right? So now what happens in business is we're not selling money for money. We're selling services for money or goods for money. And so you got, you know, a house cleaner can pay a labor for ten, that $5 and then sell the $5 a labor for $100, right? And I, I know that we're just keeping the same numbers there. The point is that if it has to be worth way more to you to do it, anything. Um, so if people are on the fence, that's the question, isn't isn't it's not, is it worth 10 grand or 20 grand? I mean, it's, it's worth, is it, is it worth 100,000, 500,000, a million? If it's worth this to you, then if I'm a fraction of right, if I'm a fraction of what I'm saying is true, then it would make sense. Um, but, you know, they're coming and doing big projects, too. So, you know, a vehicle wrap, you have 50,000 impressions. That's a 3M nationwide study. 50,000 impressions on per vehicle per day. So if I can make that convert a little bit more. And like you said, with a marketing dollar, if you're doing 50 grand a year in direct mail, right? What if that could, the results could be 10% better, right? So, um, so I think that, you know, there are ways to kind of rationalize it, but, um, you know, it, but I wasn't there to help you with that. But rationalize it. But it can. It's it's a little bit of both. Like you said, like you have to definitely kind of take a little bit of a leap because you're doing something that you know is right, but you know you can't always be sure of. Yeah, but isn't it like everything in business, right? But um, yeah. no, I love I love the strategy call. I love this idea of impressions. Like that's something that we can measure. Um, mm -hmm. I. For us, I, I think if you're a listener, you're like, this just sounds so big and scary. I will say that our rebrand, we're about $50,000 into it. Um, but we're also projecting to double this year. And and mm -hmm. I don't know what if that's the rebrand and what if that is everything else kind of coming together in this perfect storm. But if you think about it, $50,000 to double a pretty high gross revenue number, like it's kind of a no-brainer. No and we're happier. Like, And it feels better. Yeah, and there's a lot of moving parts because yeah. you might part of it might just be that your mindset has changed you know, right. about how you approach your business. There's so many like little nuances that like, it's like, you know, going for, if, if you know, some of us have been in these higher ticket, you know, 10, 20, $30,000 a year type, you know, ma uh, mastermind groups and stuff like that. Right. And the first time you do that, you're like, it, it seems weird, but then at once you've done it before, you're like, I can't live without this, but you can't necessarily put your finger on exactly what it is, but a lot of it, I think we would all be honest. A lot of it's, is there's a change inside. It's not all from the outside. Right. So there's a lot of, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I love but it. I love it. Well, Michelle, I, I don't even remember the first question you asked me. But. <laughs> That's okay. I think we got, <laughs> we talked about how uh, rebranding can actually put your current marketing and ad spend on steroids. We talked about it is going to be an investment and it's going to be a little bit harder to measure. So you're going to have to make that leap of faith. And I love what Ryan said. He said his strategy call is worth the cost of the rebrand altogether because it's going to give you that clarity that you probably haven't had in your mm -hmm. company. He's going to ask questions to get to know you and who you stand for that nobody's ever asked you before. And I think that's something interesting as business owners is we don't get challenged a lot. Like we surround ourselves by people who report to us. And so Ryan's going to challenge you. And he's going to question <laughs> you. And he's going to help you get to a clarified point. Um, and then we talked about the financials and you know it's it's an investment. It doesn't cost anything. It's an investment. But uh, as Let somebody who's, pay for it. 
yeah, something your customers are going to pay for. So we're going to pass to Michelle and she's going to talk to you about systems. Oh, I love it, Ryan. That was so good. I don't even know where to start. I don't know whether to dive into people and step on Martha's toes to go back to marketing and talk about Tay's stuff. I'm not sure. But I know that when you think about rebranding or you think about the concept of what you're putting out there in the world, a lot of people don't see that as a system in their business, right? They see software as a thing and marketing is a thing and people are a thing, right? But is actually rebranding a part of the mm -hmm. system of your business? And yeah. I think it actually is. I think it's actually kind of a support under all those avenues of your business, right? Cause like Megan said, it touched her employees. It touches her customers. It touches her finances, touches her marketing, touches everything. So I, before we got on, I was going to tell you a little story about how your work impacted our business. And I think it's kind of a fun one for the listeners. So I'm just going to launch for just a second. And then I want your feedback, please. Um, Doug interviewed an employee last week and the employee was kind of on the fence. Don't know if I want to do it. Not sure. Sent the offer letter. Not sure. Um, and after he met with him, the guy went home. And then got up the next day to go to the job that he currently has and saw Doug's truck on the road, driving down the road and picked up the phone and called Doug and said, I'm at my job. I've just given them my two weeks notice because I saw your van and it's a sign that I should be working for you. <laughs> like, how crazy is this? Right. So this kid did this based on that impression of the van. Right. And how often do we have people in our lives that we don't even know how what we're doing is connected to them. But when we're in a huge van with these beautiful bright colors and we're doing something, it does have a huge impact. Hmm. So have you heard of any other things like that where it's actually helped with hiring? Because I know that's a pain point mm -hmm. that a lot of people are in right now. Talk to me about how your brand like helps to get people in the door to help work in your business. Yeah. So it's definitely a system. I would... I classifies a communication system, okay. um, your brand. And uh, so it is a systematic way to improve all communication. That's going to be visually, that's going to be non-visually, it's going to be for customers, but also like you say, employees. And um, it's it definitely one of the main problems that people are having right now. And I think that probably the easiest thing that they could do is, uh, is start working with their brand. You have to have a brand that people want to work for, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and it's not, you know, we're not talking about a logo that someone would want to look, work for. We're talking about a brand that someone would want to work for, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the visuals can help to sort of quantify that the underlying brand is, uh, you know, we're making visual promises and then we have to then keep those promises, right? Mm -hmm. um, the way we answer the phone when they call, the, the, the way that we've kind of started that on that like pre-onboarding, like pitching process to an employee, like all these things our impressions of our business and we have to have them lined up with uh you know that coming from that singular place i would call it a mm -hmm. fractal brand a fractal yeah. is something that self you know replicates in the same way um you know when 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 i'm hiring someone you know we're talking about um what what it is i want to do in the world i'm talking about what they want to do in the world and and, and we're trying we, you know i'm really truly bringing people into a team and there's a couple of things is, you know, for one, more visibility is always helpful with getting more, you know, applicants, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then also your brand, once you have people to you, if you can be taught, if you have this narrative that you're now pitching out, you know, you can be 
talking about that throughout that process. But then once you have them on, you know, it's not just the hiring, we can all hire a bunch of people, but yeah. how do you retain them? Yeah. Your brand can become a rally point for your staff, something that um, inspires them, something that helps them find some identity, mm-hmm. um, helps them feel like, uh, give a better self-confidence, but also team confidence. And most mm-hmm. people don't know what to even talk about with their teams. I tell them like the great thing, the greatest thing you can do, well, not the greatest, but one, <laughs> one of the cool things you could do with your brand um, and being aware of these things is when you do team meetings, you can be talking about the touch points with customer and how can we be more of who we are? How can we, yeah. um, you know, if you want to have a, a little bit of a tangent, like the, the easiest way to create a unique um, and, and remarkable experience for your customers um, would be to just take your touch points and how do we how do we impress impress more of our belief on and mm-hmm. at this touch point? How do we put more of our personality at this touch point? And if mm-hmm. you can just add your belief and your uh, personality onto each touch point, you will create inherently a unique experience. So instead of every other person is saying, "Well, how do I? Um, what's everybody else doing when they answer the phone? What's everybody? Sure. What's everybody else doing when they uh, get to the job site? What's everybody?" You could say, what would we do? What would someone like us do at this point? And here's, yeah. who's, here's who we are, right? And, yeah. um, and so when you do those sorts of things, you start getting buy-in, right? You start building, you know, we talk a lot about brand equity outwardly with customers, but you start to build sure. brand equity inside the company, you know, with yeah. your employees. I'm going to stop talking. No, it's huge. No, it's so good. And it's a wonderful segue to hand you to Martha to talk about people. I can tell you from just my own small, tiny perspective, um, my husband has not worked in a position where he wore a uniform or a logoed shirt or something with his name on it in many, many, many years. And every single day he gets on that wise coding shirt with the big logo on the back and all the stuff in his jeans and his cell phone and his iPad and all the stuff. And he leaves the house like in like a very forced direction. And I'm telling you, it might seem goofy, but that shirt is part of it. Like he mm-hmm. puts the armor on to go out into the battling in the world. Right. And I just love that. It's really fun to see that that impression upon him that I'm just witnessing in our own personal life. So I mm-hmm. absolutely believe in the power of all of it. And I will hand you off to Martha to talk more about the people. Thank you so much, Ryan. I'm a super yeah. fan. Thanks a lot. <laughs> You know, um, what I love about what you do is really the psychological aspect around branding that intrigues me. And uh, and when you all were talking, I was thinking about how I I had this I've had a lot of crappy offices to save money for sure. But I, I remember at one point I thought, you know, even though I feel like they meet me and I talk about the company and so forth with this applicant, I'm, I said, you know, I had the thought I'm killing our brand being in this space and bringing people in. And this, this is not our brand because our brand, our tagline was you deserve us. So it was a maid service that was you deserve us. Like this is a luxury, this is a, this is a luxury product that you deserve. And, uh, and then they walk into that crappy office. So I love the psychology behind it. Um, it. If 
you want to talk, I mean, we don't, Michelle is going to give us the hook pretty soon, but if you want to talk a little bit about that part of it, the, the psychology behind it, um, and what you're, so you said the one belief and mm -hmm. I know you go deeper than that though, because we've had a strategy call around mm -hmm. QDS and mm -hmm. there, you brought up things about QDS that was really interesting. So if you want to talk about the psychology, I would love that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, like you said, it's, I think the, the, the issue is as business owners is that we, we tend to get tunnel vision on whatever's in front of us, or sometimes we get the, we have the, the squirrel vision where we're not nothing in front of us, but um, it's, it, we can, we can get a sort of uh, warped uh, view of, of our own world because we're so close to it. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so sometimes when people can come in, like I always tell people, I'm, I may have mentioned on our calls, like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. I'm going to be sort of a mirror to tell you what's there. And you're going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, because mm -hmm. it's what you already, it's, I'm just giving your own feedback back to you. I'm, I'm just someone that's not as close to the issue. Right. Um, and, uh, and so that's kind of how it is with, I think our brands is like, um, you know, we have to have that singular point that is coming out of for the communication, but then we have to, uh, ha understand what we're trying to then accomplish. Right. And so that's, you know, like you said, it's more than just a belief. We have to, a belief without action, without direction is meaningless as well. Right. So it's, it's having the core belief. It's having a unique promise. It's having uh, a mission and vision statement. And you don't need the, the core belief is the most important thing because you have to have the rest of the stuff and most people will act on their belief if, if it's truly the, the um, uh, most important thing to them in life. Um, but uh, so that's why I try to keep, kind of keep things simple. But, you know, uh, most people don't even know what the uh, difference between like a mission and vision statement and things like this is. Your mission is what you stand to accomplish in the world. Your vision is how you're going to do that. Uh, your mission will never be accomplished. Your vision uh, I'm sorry, the other way around. Your vision will never be accomplished. Your mission is accomplishable, like things to get towards your vision. But, um, you know, it's it's really taking all those things and then looking and saying, okay, well, what are we doing? What are we going to do? What have we been doing? And is there things that don't line up with how we, who we are, how we are? Like you said, with your office, like look around mm -hmm. like, man, this doesn't, this is not really me, right? And mm -hmm. there's so many things that we do that aren't us. Um, and sometimes that's because we're following best practices. Sometimes that's because we're trying not to follow best practices. That's sometimes because we just had, didn't have our own eyes. We didn't know. Um, sometimes we knew too much. So it's a lot of things where we tend to act outside of who we are. And, um, if you think you always act as yourself, um, I suppose in a way that's true, but we definitely don't always act as our best self. Um, the good news is we can always start acting our best self right this moment. And anything that you did in the past no longer matters. I always tell people, our, our company, our, our employees, you are not your work. Well, what that means is uh, your, your value, your self-worth, you, who you are has nothing to do with the work you did. I don't care if it's the best work or the worst work, you are not your work. And we tend to forget that we can change things right now, right? So, you know, right that instant you were like, man, this office is not really a good representation. You could instantly uh, mm -hmm. just be like, I'm going to go grab a backdrop. I'm going to start doing my, I'm going to build rapport with the customer through Zoom ones first, or I'm going to start, I'm just going to, my next, then once I get a really good one, I'm going to meet them at a hotel and I'm going to work on the 
uh, you know, the, the, the better office until then, right? Um, it's, you know, we get to make these choices. And I think sometimes people forget that, you know, you're not locked into anything just because the every other business owner does it this way does not mean you have to do it that way. You know, um, yeah. it's all about what is the best. How can I be more of who I am? And if I can be more of me out in the market um, and if somebody actually likes that, then then some some good things will happen. Right. Where I'm actually be able to you can't do anything better than be who you are. Um, the problem is for most of us, that's one of the things we, we lack in is, is really being who we are. Uh, we tend to do things uh, based on looking what other people do. And we are much, much more aware of our worldly identity than we are of our self-identity. And that's the problem is that people don't really know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to Megan's point is that I feel like when you start a company many, many times, you have this broad idea of who you are as a company. And then as you take in clients and as you take in employees, it helps you start define who you are and who you're not. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that really helps you hone in to, your brand and you know like you say what you stand for and what you don't <laughs> so i think that's a good reason why you really can't have that end game brand in the beginning unless you're really experienced in mm -hmm. in business and understanding yeah what you're or if you really understand yourself and you yeah. really keep things simple i think too um, because like you said, like not everybody's gonna have a money to do, like you wanted the new office. Some people might not be in a position to go out and boom, do that new office, but being aware of those things, we can be creative to come up with some ideas that might supplement until we can, you know, do that. Um, but you know, I think like, uh, I think the original question was like about, um, I, I don't remember, what it was, but you talked about, um, <laughs> you talked about, um, you know, that you didn't feel like you're representing yourself properly and. I think that's like, that's it. Like most people will just feel bad about that or whatever. And they'll just keep going. But when you see that you're not representing yourself properly, you can make that change to then represent yourself properly in the market. Mm -hmm. And when we can push out in the market and, and really with, with something that is authentic to who we are. So we keep building that narrative in the right direction, things will start, you know, going our way. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's, I think what most people just don't, they, they tend to do things based off of what everything else, everyone else is doing. You know, if you're a high quality company, like I know companies that, you know, they won't have a truck in service that's more than three years old because of that. Like they don't mm -hmm. want broken down trucks and stuff like that. Make systematic, you know, these are systems that you, you can create actual systems to represent who you are properly. You know, what, what, what when you go to Chick-fil-A, when you say thank you, what do they say? Anybody? My pleasure. My pleasure. Right. So, you know, these are, you can do systematic things to decide how to represent yourself properly. And some of them might be, hey, we can't have an office that doesn't have this, this, this to qualify as a place of, you know, whatever we do. We don't answer the phone without doing this, this, this. You know, so all of these things can be systematic changes. And I encourage that because if you do things sometimes, I guarantee you will never do them when you're busy. Um, yeah. If you do things always, every time, you will always do them 
you'll always find time for them, even when you're busy. Um, and that's what we want to do is create an environment where our staff systematically is deploying our, our brand. Um, I still have no clue what that first question was anymore. Like, <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Uh, and I, I just keep thinking of, I love that if you do things, sometimes you will never do them when you're busy. So mm -hmm. I think that's a good point to end on. So um, let's see, it's time for homework and I'll pass it over to Tay and she'll kind of explain how we do homework. And then you get to decide whether or not you want to participate on, in that, Ryan. Sure, let's do it. I don't know what it is, but I'm getting <laughs> Awesome. Well, I just, I feel like we've been in church today. Like yeah. there's so much emotion and just like really in-depth, you know, higher level discussions about how branding can really impact all these four areas. So I want to thank you, Ryan. That was really awesome. And I know it's going to impact a lot of listeners that have been with us live and will be listening to it later on. So um, the way homework works is we're about to give you four to five pieces of homework and we don't want you to do all of them. That can be really overwhelming and a lot to ask for in one week. We want you to choose one that really spoke to you and one that really can make an impact in your business this week. So as we go through homework, just keep that in mind. And there is an accountability group that we do have on Facebook. It is private, so that way you can feel comfortable sharing any business you know, struggles or issues that you're working through that we can also assist potentially and help you with. Um, so that is there for you to assist in homework as well. As for marketing homework, uh, we talked a lot about kind of the decision process and just the emotion too behind creating a brand. And I think one of the pieces that really stuck with me from our conversation, Ryan, was just that authentic reflection of the brand and having that one word as that reflection. So my challenge to you this week is if you do have your core values, which I know we've discussed on the show before, and I'm sure if you've done your homework and that might've been one of them, uh, you should have your core values in place. Um, if not, then please use that as your homework. If you do have them, <laughs> I would like you to analyze those core values and really see how they develop into one word. Because there is, there is potentially, and there should be, as Ryan said, one word that's reflected from those core values into yourself as a company and your brand. So that's going to be your homework this week for marketing. Oh, that just reminded me, I'm going on a side tangent for just a second. Once upon a time, like many years ago, I heard Mike McCallett speak at a, an accounting conference, actually. That's how I found Profit First, and that's actually how I found the huge changed my whole life, this one talk. And he passed out these post-it notes and he had us write down our core values as a person. And um, I totally forgot that exercise, but Ryan, if you're speaking next, I encourage you to check it out. It was profound. And I still remember, this is probably six years ago, I still remember that the core value I wrote down on my post-it note, he made us write down a bunch and you crossed them out and you could only have one by the end. And the one I had at the end was show up. That was my core value was to just show up. And six oh. years later, I still remember, uh, sorry. Total side chance, not my homework. My homework is to do a brand audit. And I have no idea how to do this formally. And maybe Ryan can help us with this homework. But I had this aha moment before I rebranded. And it was gutter cleaning season. And we had done this really cool thing where we had like gone and gotten Christmas gifts for everybody. And we um, we took this cute team picture. And Jeff's dressed as Santa. And our employees have Santa hats on. And we're like 
we're holding all these cute toys for tot toys and we're going to go take them to the fire station and they're going to go to homes that need them and it was this wonderful moment and the picture is terrible the picture is just so bad <laughs> like we've got dirty jeans and we've got everybody's wearing a different hoodie and a different beanie and like the picture does not reflect the moment and i think to me that was that aha like am I really representing myself the way I'm picturing myself in my head, you know? And, and that was when I was like, okay, we're buying all new winter gear. We're buying fleeces and soft shells and rain jackets and parkas. Like I'm going to have <laughs> a lot of money that I'm going to spend. So that there's never a picture of a cool moment where we look like that again. And um, so I would like you to do that audit. Martha's hers was when she realized that she's not really a luxury brand because her office doesn't look that way, right? <laughs> What is, where's that disconnect in your current company? And and maybe you're not ready for a full rebrand process, but there's something simple you can probably do to help fix that disconnect. So finance homework this week is to do an, a brand audit of how you are perceiving yourself like to the outside world. I love that. I'm gonna totally piggyback on that one, Megan. And I'm gonna let you not only see how you're perceived to the outside world, but how are you perceived to those employees that you're really searching for? How can you leverage your brand to get employees, which is something that everyone is into right now. We have to do recruiting. The old Indeed ads are just not cutting it. We got to actually get out there and get people um, to come to work for us. And I sent Doug out with a huge stack of business cards yesterday. And I was like, don't come back until you have like five people. Go, just go walk around, go to all the places, go talk to the people. Um, and so see how you can implement some of those strategies in seeing how an employee might see your brand. So I'm going to have you do that audit as well. Thanks, Megan. Didn't mean to swipe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so funny because <laughs> mine was pretty much the same. Oops. Uh, yeah. This is it's good. And, we never do I, this. Yeah, right? I, I mean, know. We always have different homework. But uh, it, really, this conversation made me think back to so many things that I looked at, like Megan mentioned, our uniforms and just even down to, is our office tidy or is it a mess? And, you know, just what we stood for as a company. And um, so I had that crappy office that was super cheap and lots of space. And I went to a different, more expensive office and, you know, it had all of our brand hot pink colors and had crowns all over. And, you know, <laughs> it was all about being a diva. And so, um, we were dusting divas, so, you know, it fit. but, uh, you know, it was kind of like, this is a luxury, um, put you on a pedestal environment as well as to our customers. So I want you to look at your internal branding. And I just, I can't go away from that. I just think there's too much to evaluate. So that's, that's what I want you to do. And then Ryan, maybe, you have something different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, on, no, on our website, no <laughs> on, on our website, there, uh, get prolific.com 
getprolific.com. Uh, there's actually a free ebook on there and it'll walk through and I think give, and it, maybe you guys have some other material for, for your people as well, but this will walk you through um, certain parts of like trying to evaluate your brand. Um, cause my people will be like, yeah, this sounds great. I love to do it, but I don't know what to do. Um, and then also like, you know, our company is, we exist to, you know, if you have a, a solid brand promise, um, you should be fulfilling on that promise before anybody's paid you. We want to help people see the potential in their brand. So you can call and just talk to us forever and we will talk to you <laughs> and we'll try to help you. Um, and, uh, but there's a brand, you know, you can go through that brand guide and, um, you can try to get your head around, you know, what, what might not be the way it ought to be. But I just, I love that story from Martha as well, because, you know, I look at the thing about like, we, we lose touch with, with reality really, because it's like, if you were going on a your very first date with somebody, like we would look this way, we want to go to this restaurant, we <laughs> do this and that, but then what happens after years of marriage, you stop doing all the stuff. Right. And you know, it's the same with our business. The first time we were in business, we tried our best. We probably didn't have any money, but then all of a sudden we stopped, like we stopped realizing what we weren't even, <clears throat> yeah. we didn't, we have a warped reality picture. Right. So, so yeah, I think just that this reflection time is really can be huge um, to, to, to say like, am I really presenting myself in the way that I want to in the market? Um, but yeah, if you grab that guide, um, and then, you know, you're welcome to reach out to us as well if you have questions, but that'll walk you through. There's a video at the end of that guide that walks you through exactly. So like on uh, Taylor's thing about your core belief, um, there's a video at the end of that guide that will walk you through the exact questions I walk through people with on how to find their core belief mm. um, so that you can know the most important thing to you in life, which you already know. You just didn't know, you know. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And lastly, how can people reach out to you other than the website? Is there any other way or is the website the best place to get you, Ryan? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you can, people are welcome to message me um, on Facebook um, okay. or, uh, or the website um, will be, uh, I, I don't know if anybody's going to the A1 garage thing uh, next week, but uh, I'll be over there. Um, awesome. I'll see you there. Vertical. Uh, I know you're, I saw you were speaking there. So it's awesome. awesome. It's great. Uh, yeah. I guess small plug for that. And then we have to wrap up Uh vertical track is a Tommy Mello event, the home service expert. It's May 12th through 14th in Phoenix. And it historically has been for garage door industry only and recently got opened up to all home service. And if you're interested in attending, reach out to me because I've got some, some coupons and Ryan and I are going to be there. And it's going to be super fun. Ooh, yeah. It cool. looks fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. It's it looks awesome. awesome. And it's at the Biltmore. I mean, if you're a hotel wow. nerd, it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's <Fun>. a thing. <laughs> okay. And we always end with a quote, Ryan. And I just found this one while we were talking. I think it really fits. And it was Clarity Affords Focus by mm. Thomas Leonard. Just three, three simple words. Clarity Affords Focus. I think that's really good. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. We had a lot of fun. And thanks to everybody who uh, joined us also virtually. Um, we really appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, Ryan. See you Thanks, next guys. time. Yeah, Bye. thank you. Thank you. Bye. With Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.